the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Uh, substances. Okay, are we good to go, Marcus? We are. Oh, hey, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. How hey, are ben. you, Marcus? I'm good, Ben. How are you? Good, good. We had a great July 4th weekend. We did. We celebrated on the roof of Jackie Zabrowski. We we celebrated on her rooftop, and it was beautiful. Good fireworks overall. Fan, some of the best fireworks I've ever seen. And Marcus was filled with, patri- uh, filled with patriotism and love for his country. And he turned to me and he said, Ben, I just wanted to make it official. You have my endorsement for Brooklyn Borough President. Is that how it went? It's not exactly how it went. But it's close. <laughs> Nonetheless, the big news is Marcus Parks has officially endorsed BK for BK. I have endorsed BK for BK. This is, this is huge. Now, pretty much, Okay, how it wins is that I'm a big fireworks fan. Big fireworks. I, like, I love fireworks so much. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it every single year. Right? And there's a big building in Greenpoint in our neighborhood <laughs> yes. where we all live uh, that was right in the middle. And it's right down yeah. the street from my place. And I hate this building. It's huge and it's ugly. It's one of these new high rises. Greenpoint is basically three story buildings. Yeah. And now next thing you know they're making 40 story buildings you know a yeah. change is happening yeah it's a huge high rise and it ruins the view uh, and it was right in the middle of all of the fireworks and Ben said you know what if I become Brooklyn mm-hmm. Borough President I'm gonna make sure buildings like that don't go up and I said can you really do that and you said no but I can advocate for that. Advocate for that. <laughs> and also the building had uh, had all of its lights on, which is uh, which is the law here in New York City. You can't have your lights off at night if, you're, uh, if your building is under construction. So I'm going to have them turn off the lights on 4th of July. That's great. That's what I'm going to advocate for. That's what you're going to advocate this for. This is big time stuff. <laughs> this is big time stuff. And I said, you know what? Avocation is good enough for me. Ben, you, yeah. you got my vote. And really, those, are, those apartment complexes are the reason that rent goes up so high because they raise yeah. the tax brackets of all of the uh, other, uh, buildings, and then you have these middle-income and lower-income landlords. Uh, you know, your more middle-of-the-rung family landlords. Uh, a lot of these people who find themselves in a uh, in a much higher tax bracket than was previous, and then they're forced uh, to charge their tenants more rent, and it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. So I agree, we need to cut the subsidies and cut the tax breaks for these huge corporations building these massive buildings. Many of them, which sit empty at least half of the year, because they're sold to tenants who either uh, don't live there full time or who buy uh, buy multiple uh, apartments and uh, and make them into one larger apartment. And then, of course, uh, you know, they only do uh, around 10% for lower income families and people. So that's not nearly enough. Yeah. Or they just buy them and keep them as equity and don't live there at all. They're, they're, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, is it's like a ghost town. If you just look at those huge high rise apartments, uh, many of them completely um, un, unrented. Um, all right. So we got a lot to get to today. Yeah. I want to thank Troma uh, as well. I did the zombie crawl, which was an amazing. It's a unique campaign. Mm-hmm. The Guardian Angels were there. For those that don't know, they were a vigilante group uh, from right here in New York City. Curtis Sliwa, he's an interesting character to say the least. He has some deep ties to New York City. Everyone knows who he is, for better or for worse. Uh, and they were there directing traffic as fake zombies were attacking a bus full of people who were taking pictures of them. And it was the greatest campaign uh, event in, in the history of campaigns. Yeah, I, the, the greatest. I'm not sure if it's going to help or hurt. But <laughs> <laughs> greatest in the sense of what a surreal experience. A lot of people covered in uh, fake blood. Right. And uh, it was uh, so it was interesting uh, to say the least. And I got to give a good 
zombie-filled speech. Yeah, zombie-themed speech. Yeah, it was great. You have to make a lot of puns. You might be undead, but the people who are brain-dead are currently in office, and they were like, (laughs) brains, brains. It was extremely exciting. Um, So I want to thank Troma for that, and uh, you can check that some clips out on my Twitter, at Ben Kissel. Let's get to some news of the day of the week. We had Beachgate, of course, with Chris Christie (laughs) in New Jersey which the optics are just as about as horrible as a human, uh, as, a, as a politician can get. I mean, you haven't seen a beach pick that bad since Charlie Rangel, man. No, absolutely not. Charlie Rangel, of course, a Democrat out of, out of New York City, notorious uh, sleeper on the beach. Yeah, and he, there's a wonderful picture of him asleep on the beach. He went to prison, didn't he? No, he never did, but uh-huh. there was some, there's a lot of scandal swirling around um, Charles Rangel. But uh, yeah, the, the, I mean... The, the, the photo is not, Chris Christie is not uh, the most comfortable man to look at when he's wearing shorts. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, we, we just call it a good old, uh, a solid amount of camel toe, yeah. oh. uh, to say the least. Well, that's what I love about this whole Beachgate scandal yeah. is that the picture of Chris Christie wearing a baseball uniform when his fantastic camel toe is fully mm. on display, mm. uh, it's making its rounds again. Everyone's <laughs> looking at it again. It's, it's, all, it's all coming back. He thought it was gone, but no, yeah. it ain't, Chris Christie. We'll never forget well, about your I, camel toe. I will say the Cable is so bad with the uh, when news media, uh, cable news networks did the the zoom in shot. They blurred it <laughs> as if it was uh, somehow pornographic. Uh, so that was maybe uh, to be kind to the man, uh, Chris Christie. This and of course we're going to get into Donald Trump, the G20 summit, uh, what's going on uh, with North Korea, and we'll talk more about the Republicans and uh, and healthcare as well coming up in the episode. But a little bit of insight into what happened here in New Jersey. Uh, basically, Chris Christie and uh, New Jersey was one of 11 states that weren't able to pass a budget, so they were all having a government shutdown. Uh, Wisconsin was included in that mix, which is what really angers people mm-hmm. uh, in all of those states and across the country when the government has one job, yeah. to stay open and function. And what happened in New Jersey was a battle over the budget because Chris Christie wanted to uh, seize um, the assets of Blue Cross Blue Shield. Technically, it's a nonprofit. Of course, we know for a fact they make a lot of profit. Yeah. Um, they have three, $3 billion in surplus, and Chris Christie wanted the state to have access to those funds. Um, Blue, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield obviously fought that tooth and nail, and uh, that was one of the uh, issues with why the budget wasn't able to pass. And the other issue was the Democrats had three, $300 million um, in programs and, uh, you know, things that they wanted to accomplish. And Chris Christie said that that was too much. Keep in mind, this whole budget for New Jersey is $34 billion. So this is really fickle political stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a strange thing uh, when it comes to a Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, it's a strange thing for Chris Christie want, to want the government to get involved with, uh, specifically if you think about him being a conservative and a, uh, and a Republican. It seems uh, much more of a liberal leftist idea uh, to want to open up the coffers of a nonprofit private organization such as Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm-hmm. So that was a little controversial uh, to say the least on many levels, which is why Chris Christie currently sits at 15% approval rating, <sighs> which as we talked about on the 4th of July, Marcus, uh, Blagovich out of Chicago when he was arrested and charged with multiple felonies and is currently serving 14 years in a federal penitentiary, he was at 8%. <laughs> so Chris Christie is 7% away That's from it. a governor who is currently in prison for 14 years uh, for those that don't know that story, Blagovich is the one who sold uh, Obama's Senate seat when he got elected in 2008. Mm-hmm. Although you could argue it was 
uh, a lot of political uh, things went on there because it's nothing new for politicians to kind of give seats away like that. Yeah, but on the other hand, Blagovich is a lot more handsome than Chris Christie. Oh yes, he is. Yeah, and that's what. Who are the eight percent and who are the fifteen percent <laughs> who like Chris so Christie? Like, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like the the twelve percent that are still approving of Congress. It's very bizarre. Yeah. How you know they're not doing their jobs properly? So uh, this scandal only got worse for Chris Christie, who he is out. He's so checked out. Mm-hmm. He does not care obviously he's done very soon and he is so over the entire uh position you can tell uh chris christie made it worse when on sunday uh, he oh. was asked by a reporter if he got any sun uh over the weekend and he said no and then of course the photos came out and we know he for a fact he got a lot of sun the sun was working overboard that day <laughs> the sun was like oh this is a chris christie's on the beach i gotta i gotta light this guy up <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm the sun. I gotta. I can't. I can't get this whole guy. Uh, you you always know someone's in bad shape when you type in their name to Google and the yeah. autocomplete. The very first one is memes. <laughs> oh, yeah, the internet doesn't thrive on positive memes of politicians. That's true, and we'll get into that meme as well uh, a little bit later on in the show regarding Donald Trump uh, and the pro wrestling gift that he or GIF, whatever you prefer, mm-hmm. uh, the pro wrestling uh, gift that he sent out where he. Uh, clotheslines, I want to get the term right, he clotheslines CNN, or, or a fake, obviously, an image of CNN, mm-hmm. and everyone went crazy, and it's totally unpresidential uh, because it is, uh, saying it's unpresidential because it is unpresidential. It's extremely, it's, it's professional wrestling. Uh, yes, it's, it unpre- it's unpresidential, and it's bad professional wrestling at that. Yep, it wasn't the great days, not the great <laughs> days of professional wrestling, that's for sure, and we'll get into the larger context I of mean, the First Amendment. technically, it was a very bad move. Well, he did it the best he could, and in pro wrestling, you know, that butt of his, that's a good, that's a finisher. <laughs> he, he could have done the Yokozuna finisher, where it was literally just Yokozuna rubbing his butt in people's faces. But I love, I love pro wrestling, like the conversation that has to go in, the on before a match, be like, okay, Yokozuna, I'm going to throw you into the ropes, uh, you clothesline me, and then... Put your ass on my face. <laughs> if you could just, that would be. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do, do it. You've got to really sell it. I will. All right. Very good. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into the larger conversation about First Amendment and freedom of uh, the press, which is uh, extremely needed mm-hmm. uh, right now. And it was, it's been needed for a long time. And hopefully um, we can get more honesty in our press. But uh, when it comes to Chris Christie, uh, so he's on the beach. He was asked if he got any sun. He said no. And uh, then, of course, the pictures are the pictures come out and his advisor, one of his top advisors. Did you hear what he said? Mm -hmm. He said, no, he didn't get any sun. He was wearing a hat. (laughs) And like, how does it how like awful is your mind to even get that sentence out without uh, vomiting like Stan? Is it Stan who vomits all the time? Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the he was wearing a hat. (laughs) The hat. Then did not even come close to covering up the the amount of flesh that was showing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So that's what's going on with Chris Christie. That's what's happening in New Jersey. Uh, they did end up passing that budget. The uh, I think the pressure was, uh, you know, coming up uh, and getting pretty intense. Of course, it was the July Fourth weekend, and the idea of having the beaches closed to the taxpayers who fund them on a holiday weekend. The optics could not have been worse, and uh, so the budget was passed late uh, Monday night. And, of course, let's not forget Chris Christie is – he's Bridgegate. He's the Bridgegate governor uh, who shut down a bridge – who shut down a um, a lane of the highway because he wanted to seek revenge on a mayor that did not support him. Yeah. And the American people, once again, and specifically in this case, the people of New Jersey, the taxpayers are just sitting in, in, uh, in gridlock traffic 
General Stockdale, gridlock, gridlock, gridlock. They're just sitting in gridlock traffic, wondering what the heck is going on. And it turns out the morbidly obese man in office did it on purpose. Yeah. And that's exactly what we had here when it comes to Beachgate. And someone did tweet at me saying we weren't going to use the word gate anymore. But I guess I changed my mind. So no. <laughs> no. Bridge scandal. Yes. Bridge Be- fence. Yeah, there you go. Fence. Yeah, I like Beachgate's just a fun name. He, if he offended people on land, and now he's offended his constituents at sea. Um, so let's get into the G20 summit that uh, Donald Trump is currently at. This is the second largest, uh, this is the second time that he's, he's um, uh, performing on, a na- you know, on an international stage. Mm-hmm. The G20, of course, this is, uh, it's, it was started in 1999, so not that old. You know, we kind of think about these things as if they've been around forever. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively new phenomenon, under 20 years old. And the Alex Jones wing of the Republican Party, your more isolationist uh, wing of the, of the Republican Party, would refer to this as a globalist cabal. Oh, yeah. And so this is the first time we have an anti-globalist president, or at least theoretically an anti-globalist president, hmm. in Donald an Trump. An anti-globalist president who happens to do business all over the globe. All over the globe, attending what is the definition of globalism, mm-hmm. uh, the G20 summit. Yeah. Um, so he has a chance to go and uh, you know meet with Angela Merkel, which he's already done. He's going to be meeting with Vladimir Putin. He has said that he will not be bringing up the uh, the Russian hacking into the 2016 election. Uh, he wants to move forward uh, with the conversation regarding the North Koreans and Syria. Just, However, I think that, what do you want to say? He just wants to move on from the Russian hacking and not do anything? He doesn't want to talk to Putin about it uh, because he just, you know, he kind of wants to treat it like water under the bridge and he doesn't <laughs> want to, uh, that's the, this is what, what the, I mean, fucking coward is he? That's the thing. I personally believe, and I understand the political calculation for the Trump administration there, again, they just kind of want to focus on other things. And uh, and they don't really see it as a net win uh, for Trump if he goes in and tries to strong arm Vladimir Putin, who is extremely good at manipulating the leaders that he's speaking with. Angela Merkel, for example, he found out she was afraid of dogs. So when he met with her for the first time, he brought his huge, I believe, Rottweiler and had it sit by him the entire meeting. <laughs> so the guy, you know, people wonder, like, what happens when you go meet with Vladimir Putin? Everyone comes out of there like W did be like, I looked into his eyes. I saw his soul. Good man. Good so man. Your worst nightmares come true when you go to meet with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yeah, he finds out he's like Hook uh, or uh, Captain Hook from Peter Pan's so he Hook. brings up the boobah. Just brings up whatever if you're scared of bugs, <laughs> which is actually exactly what Saddam Hussein uh, used to do to his enemies as well. He would put people in literally a boo box, mm-hmm. and uh, specifically the Ira- or the uh, the Iraqi uh, soccer team mm-hmm. if they, they lost. Up. Yeah, when they screwed up, yeah, yeah. he put them in boo boxes in the desert. You know, I always say train them harder. You know, have them like get them in the gym. Positive reinforcement. Just you know, you can make them work out a lot. Yeah, you know, but, but you know, or just put them in a box and fill it with spiders. Whatever you want to do. So, so, uh, so he's just. I mean, what is he planning on talking to, to to Putin about at all? Well, I think they want to talk about Syria and again uh-huh. the, the North Koreans and what's happening there. They want to talk about Ukraine and focus, you know, focus the agenda more on uh, on ISIS and that sort of stuff. Obviously, uh, discuss Assad. But yes, he does not want to talk about uh, the Russian hacking whatsoever. And, uh, you know, I think it would have been an opportunity for him to distance himself from Vladimir Putin. I think it could have been a double a double victory for Donald Trump had he approached uh, this situation with a little bit more hostility towards Putin, specifically one of the largest acts of cyber warfare uh, in, in, in the modern era. I mean, of course, people are constantly interfering in other people's elections. We do it all the time. We've I mean, been doing it since the 50s. Yes, we, we you know, so it's like it's really nothing new, but 
there is something more tangible tangible about what happened in 2016. We have a track record, and then uh, at the end of the day, the outcome that our adversary wanted happened. Yeah. Uh, despite what a lot of people in this country thought was going to happen. Yeah. So exactly. it's a little bit more unique. Uh, this so this would be good if Donald Trump actually was able to sit down, be strong with Putin, and show the American people that he is as strong as he said he was, uh, as he proclaimed to be on the campaign trail, and that he is distancing himself from the Kremlin, from Vladimir Putin. But it doesn't seem as if they want that to happen. And politically, uh, I believe they would have benefited more had he... Um, you know, we don't know what he's going to say mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It's just projected. His admi- the administration has said that they will not be uh, addressing the issue. I believe uh, it would have been a- benefited him more if they did. Well, I don't. I think what Trump is still doing is that he's playing to his base, and he's going to play into. He's going to play to his base from uh, until the day he leaves office. And his base doesn't give a fuck about Russia. And in fact, his base at this point, or his base can be so contrarian uh, that they have decided that Russia is an ally instead of an adversary, just because they've. Mm. Been told the opposite. Well, you know, a lot of people in this country like a strong man, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what Vladimir Putin is. You know, for a fact, there are people, there are pockets of, of people all over this country who look at Vladimir Putin and wish the United States had someone like that in, in government, you know, mm-hmm. just really someone who had full control, who was, uh, you know, she just projects total confidence all the time, uh, regardless of how people are, his people in Russia are suffering on a regular basis. Human rights are being stripped away. Um, I mean, it's they're going back to uh, to Cold War uh, like Russia. I mean, it's miserable over there. His approval ratings, however, maintain high because the people of Russia, and again, a lot of people in this country, just simply like someone who uh, projects strength and power. And that's all that Vladimir Putin does. Again, as we've talked about before, he does want to get back. Uh, he wants to sort of re-cobble together the Soviet Union. You know, he wants to get the the, uh, the Baltic states there. And uh, and obviously he has a huge uh, foothold and, uh, and footprint in Syria and all over the Middle East. Yeah. So he's, he's really working... Um, the system on both an international level and then domestically, he's trying to continue uh, to try to spread uh, into Ukraine, although that has sort of halted uh, for the time being. I think there's quite there's a lot of other things the uh, Russian military is currently doing. And perhaps Ukraine is a little bit too much of an extension of their uh, of their military might right now. So Putin's a, like a daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that term so much. Daddy, that's some Trump supporters called Donald Trump daddy. Yeah. That started with Richard Nixon. Yeah. So like just stop. No one should ever be called daddy. I know some people call Alex Jones daddy as well. Oh god. <laughs> Everyone but his own children. <laughs> Good Lord Almighty. That is disgusting. Um, so that'll be a fascinating uh, thing to uh, follow up on. Of course, we'll uh, keep our eyes and ears on what's happening with Russia, with uh, Vladimir Putin, and what he talks uh, to Donald Trump about. Of course, you know, there'll be the two meetings. The one is going to be in front of the cameras, uh, the ones that we all hear, the meeting we all hear. Uh, and then there'll be the, the secondary meeting when we just don't know what's going to happen. Because yeah. you get the feeling, uh, you know, Putin knows how to, do you, do you give him a stick or do you give him a carrot? He knows, do we, do we intimidate this person or do we play into their uh, their e- ego or, oh. you know, things like that. So do, do you just, do you, do you kill him with kindness? 
kindness or do you literally, you know, do what he did to Angela Merkel and have her worst nightmare sitting right next to him in the form of a Rottweiler? Yeah. Oh, he's going to kill him with kindness. He's going to cut. He's going to bring him in and tell Donald Trump how awesome he is, how smart he is for Mm. how he's done things. He's going to he's going to flatter him. And Donald Trump is going to walk away feeling respected and loved, which is all he wants. Donald Trump is the Donald Trump is going to be the easiest adversary that. Vladimir Putin has ever gone against. Well, at this point, again, uh, we don't really, he hasn't, Donald Trump hasn't acted adversarially, uh, if that's a word, to Vladimir Putin. Even his speeches uh, so far that we saw in Warsaw, Poland, uh, Donald Trump criticized the U.S. intelligence agencies more than he did Vladimir Putin, mm-hmm. uh, which is really a fascinating development. And, you know, again, the uh, the cognitive dissonance here when it comes to the right, if this was uh, a Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or Al Gore, whatever, any series of, uh, of Democrats Democrats, they would have thrown them under the bus. Uh, you know, it would have been, uh, you know, Obama when he did ripping his, their hair out in the streets, they would go, they would be livid. They would be absolutely livid if a U.S. president, uh, if a Democratic U.S. president uh, demonized the United States uh, intelligence community and praised president, uh, a president a.k.a. the dictator of Russia. He's, mm-hmm. he's a president in name only. Uh, Vladimir Putin is, no denying it, a dictator. Instead, Donald Trump, and we can transi- uh, transition into this, uh, instead Donald Trump is picking fights with CNN and, uh, and individuals uh, who work at MSNBC like Micah Brzezinski. Uh, he's sending out gifs and gifs of him, again, body or uh, choke slamming, or not choke slamming, clotheslining. Close Get it line. right. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have a lot of wrestling fans who listen to this. They'll be like, it's not a choke slam, Ben. You are no, not listenable, unlistenable. <laughs> it is not a choke slam. Uh, it's a clothesline. And this really did send uh, shockwaves to some degree across media and across specifically television news. Of course, television news is bought and sold for by large corporations. I'm including Fox News in that, of course. Uh, they have a very... Uh, narrow window, narrow scope of information they mm-hmm. actually disseminate to the American people. They cover one story 24 hours uh, for 24 hours, and they cover another story in this gift uh, gift gate. Ooh, I'm keeping with the gates. Gift gate. Gift gate. Uh, it was all over the news for three days. It's totally insignificant. We have the North Koreans uh, firing an ICBM uh, ballistic missile, which does have the capabilities of potentially hitting U.S. soil. Uh, so meanwhile, we've, we've increased our naval uh, efforts uh, near the Sea of Japan. So we have some really interesting uh, international crisis going on. And to some degree, North Korea is becoming quite a crisis. Yeah. Of course, we're no longer going with our uh, previous strategy that we've had for decades of strategic patience, which is basically just hoping that the regime crumbles under the weight of its own bureaucracy and under the... Um, uh, you know, from the and, and from the people of North Korea overtaking it and, mm-hmm. and toppling it, but it doesn't seem to be happening. No, uh, the regime continues, uh, the Kim dynasty continues, and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So we have some very serious stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, Nikki Haley was talking at the uh, to the United Nations, and uh, she said um, that uh, if we must, they would be willing to use uh, you know the military and uh, have a military intervention in North Korea, which would be a total quagmire because those people are not going away without a fight and they don't care if they're in graves at the end of the fight. And then also we have the situation with China. China is 90% of their import comes from China and 90% of their economy 
it is uh, it comes from China. So uh, you know what 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 would that do to the U.S. relations with China? I mean, we would just have a massive proxy war in our hands, and then a huge uh, refugee crisis. I mean, it would be the biggest refugee. refugee crisis in history. So I don't and not only a massive refugee crisis, but it would be it would be like having uh, a refugee crisis with uh, essentially aliens. Uh, that have no idea, not really, how the rest of the world actually works yeah. and, how, and just how things are. Like the North Korea is so isolated. It's a cult. It's, it's a cult a, it, society. It's, yeah. a, it's a cult society. So you would be introducing in, you know, millions of people who right. uh, essentially have no idea how the outside world works or, or what what you do out right. there. And also, of course, who are extremely indoctrinated into believing that uh, their leader is God. So yeah. now all of a sudden you've taken away their God, very similar to what happened uh, in World War two after Japan when the emperor had to step down from being the Lord, basically, mm-hmm. is what happened. So you're right. It would be a huge process, a, a, a real nightmare. And I know that's what you meant when you called them alien because it is almost like a, a different planet yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. So we have all of that stuff happening, the G20 happening, and uh, and now we have media just covering this stupid gif uh, and we're covering it as well because it is a strange thing for a sitting president uh, to tweet out there attacking a news network you just don't see i remember when barack obama uh fox news came to uh to cover uh, a dinner i believe it was and um uh, shepherd smith was on fox news and he was and i like shepherd smith he's a total moderate uh, every, a lot of people who watch fox news don't like him yeah. for for reasons that you can probably guess yeah uh he's gay yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as a person yeah. who goes on Fox News regularly, I showed Marcus uh, an email that I got recently Jesus. from a from a Chris Christie supporter, and uh, I guess I, I didn't even Christ. know how gay I was, but he <laughs> he let me know, and Man, he like he let me know what I swallowed too. It, it is really crazy how much homophobes like talking about semen. Oh my god, it's really crazy. I would read the email honestly, but it's not even worth it. I I put it uh, briefly up on the uh, last podcast Facebook page, but then I deleted it. I don't want to dox people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying. Trying not to. I just, they're nuts. Yeah. And they're just sad, lonely people. And it's not even worth our time to pay attention to them. Um, unlike uh, CNN, who apparently does like to dox people uh, because they're doxing the person who created that Donald well, Trump gift. Well, but they, I just want to finish this story really quick. Um, so Shepard Smith was talking about going to this meeting at the White House, and it said Fox. Uh, entertainment instead of Fox News on the placard, you know, mm-hmm. to where uh, that where uh, for where he was sitting, and he just went on about how it was disrespectful, and then all these conservatives are like, Obama doesn't like the media; he's trying to shut down the media. Meanwhile, fast forward probably six years, and we have a president literally tweeting out a gif of him physically assaulting uh, CNN. Of course, yeah. it's it's fake, so I don't want to be all like hyperbolic and be like he's you know this is violence against CNN. But you never know. You figure he has an outreach of around 15 million people on Twitter. If one out of 100,000 people take that seriously, mm-hmm. it could be very dangerous. Yeah, it absolutely could be. And they're, I don't think they haven't doxed the kid. Uh, mm-hmm. They threatened to dox him, which is the uh, dumbest possible thing they could have done. <laughs> uh, they, could not ha- they could not have done anything, Dahmer. They, in fact, they could have very easily. I mean, because they're like, hey, yeah, look at this. Uh, this is not great, uh, right. but there's no reason for them to go against uh, this uh, awful person. What was person. his name? Han, Han Asshole Solo. Oh, clever man. Yeah. Clever dude. Yeah. And this was off of his Reddit page? Uh, yeah, he posted it on Reddit. I think he posted it on the Donald. And was, do we know where, where does Donald Trump even, like, does he go on Reddit? 
I'm not sure. How does he it's get this? Stuff? Very po- I bet someone po- I get uh, this person posted it on Reddit, uh, and then someone probably took it from Reddit and tweeted it, and probably tweeted at Donald Trump. But this wasn't a retweet. This was a straight up. He he sent out the gif. He sent out the gif. Yeah. yeah. So I guess he huh. found it, and I don't know. Maybe someone maybe else. Maybe one of his. Maybe one of his staffers found it and said like, "Hey, you got to post this." Yeah. Um, or it could be, I mean, do you think he has complete and total control over his account or does he have people you think that are doing shit if, for him? Um, cause it may that be that somebody he didn't else tweet that out. That might've been somebody now, else. If somebody else tweeted that out on the president's behalf, they would be fired in a heartbeat. Yeah. All of his tweets that come from him, if it wasn't from him, that person would be fired. Yeah. That's how crazy the, the universe that we're currently living in is the person who is, uh, trolling everyone on social media is the president himself. Mm-hmm. It's unheard of. Uh, and, and not in a good way. And the thing is, Donald Trump talks about, uh, I'm going to continue to use Twitter. It's, the, it's a great way uh, to g- meet with uh, constituents and mm-hmm. have a connection with them. And I have no problem with him using Twitter. It's how he uses Twitter that's the problem. Yeah. And let's not forget Melania Trump, the first lady, Her uh, the, the key issue of her first lady platform is to stop cyberbullying. She's married to the biggest cyberbully in the history of cyberbullying because I don't think we've had a cyberbullying president before. No, we never have. You know, so, somebody who goes on and says, how bad a woman's facelift looks it is so juvenile it's so um it's just it is completely it's a low bar for the president yeah it's stuff i'd be disappointed if my nephew said we never allow them never allow them to say something like that absolutely not and we have real real issues uh going on in this country and that's what the american people want to be talking about i mean the fact that we have one-fifth of the states in this country can't pass a budget. It should be pretty appalling to people. Uh, and those states need to get it together. Um, there's currently 10 of them who still haven't passed a budget. Those That's the people's money. And they need to be a much more respectful with it. And you get the feeling if, if Congress, uh, if, the member, if, if members of government had to actually live in the real world, uh, they would have much more rational policies. Uh, but of course, these policies, the vast majority, are literally made by the corporations and politicians simply sign them. Yeah. That's exactly what happens on a regular basis. And that's what we're seeing happen with the Republicans and health care. Uh, Mitch McConnell wanted, I talked about this a little bit on the last episode of the dumpster fire chats. Mitch McConnell wanted it voted on before the July 4th recess. Yeah. It's a 142 page bill. It's massive. And he wanted uh, people to vote after a week. There's no way without going uh, he didn't want their politicians, the politicians to go meet with their constituents. Uh, he didn't want them to um, really have the time. The constituents don't have time to read 142 pages in a week. They have jobs and families and a whole series of different things to do and a July 4th weekend to prepare for. Uh, so I think it's really good that the health care bill did not pass. And uh, as we saw during the town halls that were happening over the July 4th holiday, uh, a lot of constituents are completely appalled with this plan yeah. and they see it as a direct uh, contradiction and uh, it proves that Donald Trump was a complete liar when he was on the campaign trail and said he wasn't going to cut Medicare and Medicaid. And there isn't, uh, there is a problem with Medicare and Medicaid. There is an issue. We don't have uh, the money for it, but the money is, we do have the money for it. The money just currently isn't being allocated to it. Mm-hmm. There are so many big budget programs that could be easily slimmed down. The number one uh, program, the military, we're currently at $800 billion a year. Medicare, uh, it's over, but these are just the rough numbers. Medicare is $500 billion a year to, uh, to, um, uh, to fund. What happens with our 1033 program, which we've talked about at length, they basically just take brand new military equipment and sell it to uh, our local police precincts. 
get rid of the 1033 program, let the military keep all of the goods that we make for them, and uh, they would have enough. They have plenty. There are these tanks that are being sold to small municipalities all over the country are brand new. If they did one tour in Iraq, you know, some of them never even saw the ground uh, in any of our uh, foreign uh, interventions. So they're brand new equipment. There's constant brand new equipment. The military budget does not have to be $800 billion. The military has said many times that they're good on the majority of tanks. They're good. But, you know, these politicians don't want to be, uh, be seen as weak on the military and they don't want to be seen as as uh as uh as, you know soft on the enemy so they just put forward these huge spending bills and that's exactly the irony uh, the irony is that's exactly what bankrupted the soviet union by the end of it they were spending 35 percent of their gdp uh on military and they totally collapsed because it's just not a it's, it's not possible it's not it's not feasible economically so that's just one area i think you could cut 300 billion dollars out of uh, off of that budget if you do away with the 1033 program and then you also um can stop or begin to slow this massive issue of the militarization of police and there's there's uh you know there there's um huge sp- spending all over the board mm-hmm. when it comes to this kind of stuff and, uh, and of course, the irony is they talk about cutting PBS or you know the uh, the the national endowments it's for like the arts. Point oh oh three percent of the budget. It's nothing. It's 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 a, ma- a macrocosm of what Chris Christie was complaining about with the Democrats in New Jersey with the three hundred million dollars uh, in spending that he didn't want to improve or uh, approve. Meanwhile, it's a thirty four billion dollar budget. You know, mm-hmm. they just and, and that's all under the guise of oh look at we're cutting we're cutting government mm-hmm. spending, but they're not. The government spending continues to increase. Uh, it's a nineteen trillion dollar economy, and uh, the, the the way the government allocates funds is so atrocious. The money is all there. We just have to allocate the funds uh, to the proper uh, places. And Medicare and Medicaid should be on the forefront of Republicans' minds because those are key constituents for them. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the health care bill. Right now, it looks like uh, they might just repeal Obamacare, which, you know, it, it, that, that would be quite a – that's a very, it's a very a, a, a personal thing for people. Yeah. And it would be a huge – it would be a big a political gamble, you know, but that's what your more conservative – uh, the conservative wing of the of the Republican Party, that's what they want to do. That's Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin, by the way, one of the states, again, that can't pass a budget. Rand Paul out of Kentucky. Mike Lee out of Utah. Uh, of course, Ted Cruz out of Texas. Um, that's uh, th- that's what they want. They want they want the full repeal. And then you have more moderates like Susan Collins out of Maine and Dean Heller uh, out of Nevada that say it repeals too much of, uh, you know, cutting Medicare and Medicaid. It, it cuts too much of that. Yeah. So there are... The core ideologies um, against this bill within the Republican Party are polar opposites, total opposite reasons why they want to repeal Obamacare. So it'll be interesting to see if Mitch McConnell will be able to cobble together a coalition. Of course, Mitch McConnell, very famous for uh, getting people together when it comes to obstruction. And when it comes to obstructing a president, he was great under if you're a Republican and you wanted them to obstruct Obama, Mitch McConnell could galvanize a lot of support to do that. He was really good at it. But proactively, people love that fucking frog. Oh, I, don't, I don't fully understand. <laughs> uh, they really do. Um, but people to, love the frogs. To actually, That's one thing we've learned about this election is that Republicans love frogs I and people so. that look like frogs. And you hate frogs. I fucking can't stand <laughs> frogs. Well, you know. Yeah, they're funny because are they walking or hopping? Do, can frogs walk? You know what? I'm okay with frogs. It's toads that really get me, and I think that's what we got here. We got toad men. Hmm. Yeah, frogs like nice, like to, like tree frogs. 
tree frogs, frogs are fun. I love tree frogs. Tree like little, frogs are little, fun. Like little green frogs that are like on a little lily pad. Yeah. Those are great too. I'm talking about the big toads. I know which ones. Yeah. Big toads. Yeah, the ones that all look like Dennis Hastert. I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> or like Mitch McConnell. Uh, or like Mitch. Well, Mitch or is a turtle. Mitch is a Mitch is a little turtley. He's more. He's pretty turtley. Yeah, he's a turtle guy. Okay, so let's amend it. Republicans are amphibians. Fine. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people like amphibians. Paul Ryan. Kind of looks like a salamander. Kind of. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Uh, it's easy to galvanize uh, support for obstruction. It's much tougher to uh, um, to actually. Uh, um, to, to to govern, yeah. you know, to proactively run a government is very difficult, as Mitch McConnell has seen. However, all he has to do for this health care bill to pass is get 50 people uh, within the Republican Party to vote yes on it. And then uh, Vice President Mike Pence, uh, the vice president, is, is the tie-breaking vote in the U.S. Senate. Uh, he would vote, obviously, in favor of whatever Mitch McConnell and the Republicans put forward. In an interesting note, Mitch uh, um, Mike Pence has already uh, uh, broken three tie breaks uh, in the Senate, which uh, is kind of unique because, of course, they've only been in office for about six months. In some perspective, George H.W. Bush under then-President Reagan uh, broke eight uh, tie breaks his entire eight years. Dick Cheney, eight as well. And I believe Al Gore was either seven or eight mm-hmm. uh, tie-breaking votes as well in the Senate. So my, Mike Pence already has three tie-breaking votes, which is pretty big uh, considering... Uh, the amount that previous vice presidents uh, uh, have had. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, there's been that massive uh, distraction with that stupid gif. It did overshadow Kate's Law, which, did you know about Kate's Law? Nope. Okay, so this is the other thing that Donald Trump, mainly Jeff Sessions, was working on this week. Kate's Law, of course, Kate, uh, she was a woman who was killed I believe it was 2015 in San Francisco. She was referenced on a regular basis on, uh, during the campaign. Yeah. So their new law is, if you are uh, someone coming into this country illegally and you have committed a crime, you get mandatory 10 to 25 years uh, imprisonment. And of course, it costs the American taxpayers over $100,000 a year to house one inmate. Wait, what, what, cr- what kind of crime? Well, I, I believe it has to be a felony, uh, although the... Um, the bill is, you know, it's it's just it's just another way for Geo Group and Core Civic, those, you know, the two private prisons that Jeff Sessions currently invests in, to uh, to fill up their to fill up their cells with uh, with people that are going to uh, make them a lot of money. Wait, so uh, let me get let me get this straight. This can't be right. So it's it if in, an illegal immigrant commits a crime then they get a minimum mandatory 10 years? It's 10 to 25 years. I believe it's uh, felonies. And felonies. Um, yes, and that's like, you know, that's why they constantly talk about like the Which are, by the way, gangs. a lot easier to commit than you think they are. Yeah, I mean, some states want to pass resisting arrest as a felony, which is totally insane because then you haven't committed a crime, an officer stops you, and you say, why are you stopping me? And then now next thing you know, you've just committed a felony uh, if they try to grab you and detain you and you flail your arms or something like that. So that's that law. And then he also passed the sanctuary city law. And uh, basically what happens with this is the, the federal government's going to cut funding to sanctuary cities. Of course, one of the great ironies is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have roughly a $19 trillion economy. The number one state uh, when it comes to, um, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, cash is California. They contribute quite a bit. They're the number one state. And then there's Texas. And of course, New York, all three states very heavily populated uh, by uh, immigrants and some of them, um, uh, some of them um, undocumented um, immigrants for sure. 
So the very states that this law is going to uh, hurt are the states that have the greatest, they, they give the most uh, to our economy, mm -hmm. California, Texas, and New York. Those are the three uh, biggest states, biggest, biggest economic resources for this, uh, for our $19 trillion economy. So it's one of those things where it's just going to benefit a bunch of private prisons. It's going to do nothing to deter violence. If anything, it's going to push people underground even further and uh, force them into a life of uh, of, uh, of being illegal, of being in, of total il uh, illegality when it comes to their ability uh, to get uh, money whatsoever. Well, they've only passed the House. Like, both mm -hmm. of these have only ha passed the House. They're they're in the Senate right now. And uh, at Kate's law, what is it? It increases maximum penalties for criminal aliens who attempt to re-enter the country. And you know, it must be said two dozen house democrats voted for it. Yeah. So this is not uh, this is not something that you know people don't, don't listen to this and think, "Oh, damn Republicans mm -hmm. ruining everything." I mean, two dozen house democrats uh, voted for it as well. Uh, immigrants are being scapegoated in a big time way in this country. And the thing is, with this law, we already have these laws. You cannot commit crimes. You're, you're not allowed to come into this country illegally already. Uh, so this 10 to 25 year um, sentence, it's just going to be a burden on the American taxpayer or it goes into the they go to the private prisons and it's just an economic boom uh, for, again, the GL groups and core civics of the world. And mm -hmm. of course, an economic boom for our attorney general. That being Jeff Sessions. So I don't see how this actually deters an act of violence like what happened to Kate. The man came up to her and shot her. If he, We already have a legal process. The man there's is already, already in laws, prison. There's already laws against so that. So this is, in my opinion, uh, just another example of the government increasing the, the prison industrial complex. And it's totally ineffective. It will not. No one coming into this country illegally is going through um, the 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 math of incarceration before they do it. Yeah. As we've talked about before on this show, thirty six thousand people were killed in Mexico in two thousand and sixteen. The only worst country was Syria with fifty thousand people. Uh, a lot of these people fleeing Mexico are coming, in my personal opinion, with they should have refugee status. Yeah. There are some horrible ones, of, of course, but we already have laws in place. M13, it's already illegal. Mm -hmm. uh, enforce the laws that already exist. Uh, this, so those people coming over the border now, re-entering, uh, we, now we're going to house them for 10 to 25 years? as the taxpayers are just forced to take care of them as opposed to send them back uh, to Mexico. I mean, that was the big thing with Barack Obama, a.k.a. Deporter-in-Chief, was the nickname that was given to him. And as we talked about on previous episodes, at this time last year, or this was a, the stat a couple of weeks ago, but there was 36,000 um, undocumented people arrested, and there was more uh, deportations. This year, uh, we had over, over 40,000 already, uh, 11,000 of those completely non-criminal, non and we're deporting less. We're arresting more and deporting less because we are feeding the beast, and that beast is the prison industrial complex. It is huge in this country, and the fact that we have an attorney general who benefits monetarily from it shouldn't be lost on anybody. So these laws are just another uh, way for our government to put people, usually people of color, behind bars. And it, it's, uh, you know, I don't see how anyone uh, could vote for this. I, if, I was in, if I was in the House, I, I would not vote for this bill because um, I just don't see it solving the problems that it pretends to solve. And I just see it being a net loss for the U.S. taxpayer and on a human rights level, completely abhorrent. 
So that's my, that's, I, I just, so that's, but he was able to, this is a piece of legislation that Donald Trump was actually able to pass with, as Marcus just said, with bipartisan support. Uh, I am in the camp that Donald Trump bit off way too much than he, uh, than he can chew when it comes to trying to pass healthcare first, mm-hmm. an extremely hyper-partisan issue that again affects so many Americans. I mean, 24 million, that's the number that might be kicked off of their health insurance or lose health insurance, but you have, it's, it's much larger than just that because it'll affect the people, again, with Medicare and Medicaid. And once you do get those younger people off of insurance who are the financiers for the older people who are, who are actually in need of medical assistance, mm-hmm. uh, the entire system is out of whack. And then you have older people who, who will see their premiums quadruple and, uh, and be completely livid with the Republican Party. But then, of course, does the Democratic Party offer them anything? Uh, do they offer them any alternative? Absolutely not. So that's the, massive, uh, that's the massive issue because we all agree. Everyone agrees Obamacare has some huge flaws that need to be fixed. However, doing away with pre- pre-existing conditions is not one of them. No. That is a good part of the law. And the Republicans arguing that this law that they're attempting to pass through isn't a mandate is kind of a misnomer as well because there's a 30% tax if you don't get insurance after two, mo- after two months, which is a, it's a tax. It's a fine. It's a tax. It's a mandate at the end of the day. Um, so I think we just need to go in with Obamacare, which is, you know, for those that listen to the show, I think there's massive issues with Obamacare. Yeah. The big October surprise, everyone talked about the uh, grab them by the, the you-know-what tape with Billy Bush, who is currently unemployed, by the way, as Donald Trump is the president. <laughs> the man who said the horrible things is, is now president. And the person who just kind of sat there and awkwardly smiled is fired for life uh, from working in media or broadcasting. Uh, but the big October surprise was that was the month where a lot of people's premiums quadrupled. Yeah. And it could not have been timed worse for the Democratic Party. So we all agree there's huge issues. But what they're, what they're trying to do right now, it's, it's just really ridiculously stupid. But we know for a fact the insurance companies and big pharmaceutical companies, just like they did under Barack Obama, which I believe they made $800 billion um, with Obamacare, they're going, to make, they're going to make their money. They're going to have a huge surplus, a huge increase in, uh, in money because at the end of the day, they're the ones who write these bills. And they're not – these politicians, they're thinking about the lobbyists when they go in and, and vote and, uh, and sign these things because they're so disconnected from their constituents. We, gotta, we have to have politicians who think about their constituents uh, first and think about that, you know, obviously uh, corruptive uh, lobbyist in their office second. Yeah. But that is what it is, and that's uh, that's the system that we have right now. So it's a system that we have, but it's possible that we could have something different. I don't know when or how or or we what vote it the, could be. Vote the bums out. <laughs> that's what you got to do? Vote the bums out. No, vote the bums out. I don't out. know. It, it is uh, right right now is a, a, an extremely um, frustrating time to be interested <clears throat> in American politics. It, it, it's, it's frustrating, but it's fascinating as well. It's it's you very know? it's very fascinating, but it's also it's also very frustrating because you know when. You, you can look at it, and, and it's the, the flaws of where American government is right now. The yeah. flaws of our politicians are so blatantly on display that you yeah. see all of these flaws. You see everything that's wrong, mm-hmm. and it is so easy to see what is wrong. I know. But you, it's so hard to see what to replace it with, if anything. Well, it is, and it's also difficult for people because, again, as we've talked about on this show regularly, it's this hyper-partisanship where— you know, you got these people who, no matter what the person does that they voted for, they allow it. 
Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to be complicit. If, yeah. if that person's a bad leader or a bad politician, they don't want to admit it because then it makes them an idiot. It makes them wrong. Oh, and that's been the way um, forever. There's always, a, yeah. remember that old bumper sticker? Don't blame me. I voted for the other guy. Yeah, what a yeah. very broad bumper sticker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah, it is really unfortunate. But um, yeah. hopefully it, with this, when these town halls start happening, uh, you know, here we'll have the, the recess in August, which... Um, some politicians have said doing away with so they could actually go and, and try to hash out this bill. Uh, hopefully these politicians meet with their constituents and actually hang out with the real people uh, in their towns, not just these, what, you know what I'm calling? I'm, I'm going to call them big, 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 what is it? Big wig. Big wigs? Big wigs. Are you going to say big woods? Not big woods. <laughs> no. <laughs> big wigs. Uh, so that's what has to happen. Yeah. Drinking but, iced tea on porches. Get out of here. <laughs> Iced tea. No way. That's ridiculous. Um, so that's, yeah, that's it. So we have the G20 Summit. We'll keep you updated on that here uh, coming up next week. Kate's Law, look into these immigration laws that are being passed now. Um, I really think they're, I, I, get the, I, I get the point. But again, we already have laws in place in this country. If they just enforce them, we don't need more laws that are going to put more people uh, behind bars to just fuel the horrible human record uh, human rights record uh, that we have and that was an interesting thing with with Nikki Haley talking about the North Koreans and uh, Otto Warmbier which is very sad of course mm-hmm. uh, the man came back in a coma and no there's no denying the North Koreans you go to a work camp and you come back in a coma the North Koreans didn't treat him well obviously yeah. um, but she was talking about how that was an act of aggression and how Otto represents every American because in America we treat people with human dignity and respect and the whole time I'm like 5% of the nation's popular of the world's population 25% of the world's prison population we have this idea of America and we have to start actually living up to it and I don't think our country ever has no uh, but we've got to keep on trying still. Has well, for some people, not for all. Not for all. And it has to be for all. And, of course, you know, you think we treat people who theoretically live under the same constitution uh, poorly. Now you have undocumented people. There is no constitutional rights for them. You know, that's why you had the, the lawsuit against the private prisons uh, from, a, a, from the undocumented workers. And uh, they were, I mean, it's literally, they're up at 5 o'clock in the morning. They're in bed by 9 p.m. They're creating products for the U.S. military. They're creating products for uh, individual corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporations will go. Victoria's Secret had a plant, uh, or had a, uh, well, honestly, plant. It's, it's, a, it's a prison. It's a work camp. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they sign contracts with individual companies so that, you know, that fun little bobblehead doll that you bought at Kmart very well might have been created by someone who was imprisoned uh, for 10 to 25 years uh, for fleeing a country that is currently under complete and utter cartel attack. Uh, of course, that country being Mexico. So, uh, yeah, and then we have, we have the, the gift. We've got to stay on top of that. First Amendment is constantly under threat. We always have to protect it. And, uh, and thanks again for everyone who came out to the zombie crawl. And I believe we're going to have an event on July 21st, which will be really fun. But I'll keep you updated on that. On Twitter, you can find Marcus at Marcus Parks, Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm on Instagram at Ben Kissel One, and Twitter at Ben Kissel. Um, also, we got a new studio. Yeah. So it's a little. Uh, maybe we should have. If, if it doesn't sound quite uh, as sharp as as uh, as the programming usually does, don't worry. We're working on it. Uh, all the content is still there. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's really awesome, man. Yeah, we're working on a new set. We just have to build our soundproofing out. And uh, once we get that, then it'll be the same old CCR sound that you're used to. It's unbelievable. When uh, when we came up with the idea for Roundtable, we were in Marcus's basement. Mm-hmm. Seven years later, we're in our third place. And uh, we finally, we're, we're, all our, we're on our own. Yeah. And we're doing it because of, uh, because of the amazing support from you, the listeners. Thank you so much. 
I'll, I'll do a hail yourselves as well. Of course. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. That's it. All right, we'll talk to you soon.